The views and opinions expressed in the following episodes are those of the individuals and are not meant to insult or offend anyone. Jeez, dark and gloomy much? Are you trying to be an edgelord? Well, then how should I put it then? I don't know. How about... We come in peace. We mean no harm. We may spoil some things. We may swear a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Little Nerdy. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm our co-host, Owen. And we're coming at you from the car again. Yeah, you know, uh, we're still in the middle of the whole moving process, but uh, we thought this is a nice comfy spot. And, you know, so if you hear any uh, car horns honking in the background or something like that, please excuse that. But uh, soon we'll be recording in the living room again. Yeah. And uh, it won't be so echoey. Yeah. Or have that, uh, yeah. That weird noise at the end of everything we say. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, before we get started, let's give a quick little shout out to our friend at Black White Check for doing the original and, in, and outro music. Bleh. <laughs> Losing my words here. That's okay. Um, yeah. If you guys want to check them out, just go to www.blackwhitecheck.com. See what they're up to. Yeah. And just a quick little uh, shout out to our friend and Michelle's brother, John, for... Uh, helping us with some of the heavy lifting of the move. Uh, He let us borrow his dolly to load and unload things really quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, he helped me manage the couch and mattress. And then he was gone. So it was all as quarantine safe and everything as we could possibly be. Absolutely. Without me having to make some uh, hernia soup. Exactly. So thanks very much, John. We definitely appreciate that. All right, so now today we're going to try a little special Friday episode. We're, uh, you know, experimenting with this and seeing and what kind of sticks and if people like it. Mm-hmm. We're going to try a life uh, life lessons of being nerdy type thing. Yeah. We're still working on the title, but we got the concept down pretty good. We've tweaked it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the things, the idea is the things that we've learned and that have influenced us from our the nerd culture. So, to kind of start it off, um, I'll take the lead on this one. Yep. Since uh, you came up with the original idea, I just tweaked it a little bit to make it uh, something very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So, not that it wasn't enjoyable before, it was just too vague. Yeah, my, my original idea was, hey, let's talk about some of our favorite things. And I was like, okay, what are we talking about with our favorite things? Like just just favorite, about them. <laughs> like just favorite things. And I was like, okay, well, what if we talk about things we've learned from our favorite things? Yeah, you were like, we're not Oprah. We can't devote a whole episode to our favorite things. And we certainly don't have the money to give our favorite things out. So <laughs> we got to come up with something a little different. <laughs> Plus, not to mention, Oprah is kind of a goddess. I mean, you know, she's done some very wonderful things in the world. And she is an icon. She's a badass, yes. Yes. <laughs> So maybe one day we'll touch her level or get close to that, but I highly doubt it. I think that's some wishful thinking. <laughs> that is very wishful thinking, but hey, you, you can always dream. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, let's, you know, let's uh, do a little tribute to our very first episode, uh, which was about the Star Wars one for some of the original listeners that, or people that have listened or have binge listened to this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that one was a pretty shaky episode. We were... First time recording, first time posting, and yeah, you know, we're actually quite surprised to see how many people have listened to it, and we want to thank everybody who's listened, and people that have gone on us with this crazy little journey that we're trying. Mm Mm-hmm. So, things that I've learned from Star Wars, uh, probably would have to be along the lines of, you know, no matter how tough things get... Standing up for what's right is never a cause that someone should ever give up on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, because Luke, he was just a farm boy. 
Uh, Han Solo had one hell of a, you know, wanted record, both by the Imperials and both by and also by uh, Jabba the Hutt and everything. Leia had freaking Vader, like mask breathing right in front of her face, threatening to choke her and everybody. Yeah. Uh, they blew up Alderaan. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, from 1977. So what kind of spoiler is that? Anyways. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, running to Hoth or, uh, seeing his friends suffer, but Luke knew that if he didn't go, that, you know, all of his friends would suffer horrible fates at the hands of Vader. Right. So he said, uh, Yoda, look, I'll be back, but, you know, I gotta go help my friends because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. So, unprepared and, you know, kind of thing, and it's like, as much as I know you say Han is the badass... <laughs> I think that was pretty badass because he's he was going up against freaking Vader, somebody he knew that would kick his ass, and he still fought him, you know, one on one. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of the whole. Uh, I'd say when, like the thing I've learned from Star Wars is that, yeah, just don't give up on doing the right thing, no matter how much you know or how difficult things get. Mm-hmm. So what about you? Is there anything uh, kind of coming to your mind? Uh, anything from, like, Twilight or something? <laughs> Maybe something from, like, the history books you've learned? Um, well, okay. Hamilton. Ooh, good start, good start. Um. Sorry for any bleeding ears when we tried to uh, sing it. You know, when you're doing an episode about a musical, you gotta sing a little. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was one of the things, okay. So one of the things I took away from that, and this might seem weird. Okay. Was follow the rules. Really? Yeah. Because, okay. So hopefully by now you guys, after, especially hopefully after listening to our episode on it, you guys have watched. <coughs> Sorry, some spit went down the wrong tube. Uh, um, have watched Hamilton. So hopefully everybody will get the reference. So when they do the ten dual commandment, yeah, one of the rules, and I may not have it word for word, but is like you walk away, right, and then you turn and you look them dead in the eye. Yeah, aim no higher. Aim no higher, right? Yeah. Okay. Hamilton. Spoiler alert, I guess, but we have one of those at the beginning. Yeah. Um. In his duel with Aaron Burr, he aimed higher. He aimed for the sky. Yes. Aimed his gun right up into the air. And he got shot and died. Yeah. So, what did I learn? Follow the rules. If he had <laughs> followed the rules... Um, I don't know... I'm not blaming him. I'm not victim blaming. Um, <laughs> I don't think that was... I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Like, that's a good lesson to learn from that. But I don't think aiming at Aaron Burr would have saved his life. Well, he was a better shot than Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr was a shit shot. True. He might have lived, but... Because in that whole part where they kind of, like, are singing a little bit... Yeah. Well, all of it is singing, but Aaron Burr says, I'm a crap shot. Yeah. Essentially, he says, I'm a crap shot, but I'm also a father, and I don't want to leave my daughter without a father. So I'm going to do my very best. Yeah. So I feel like at least what I got from it was that if Hamilton had not broken the rule and aimed at the sky, right? Because he fought during like the war and stuff, right? Aaron Burr did not. So he's a much better shot. And I think had he not aimed at the sky and had aimed at Aaron Burr, he would have lived. And the same thing happened with his son. Yes. Right? In his duel... um. Hamilton told him to aim for the sky. Mm, yeah. And he aimed for the sky and he died. So that's two people who aimed for the sky and died. I mean, eventually, <laughs> someone always dies in a duel. I mean, I guess that's the point of a duel, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <clears throat> the, in those two instances, at least, they didn't follow the rules. And then they died. So. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, just thinking it's kind of. Like, it just goes to show how times have changed because, yeah, I don't think there's any more quote unquote duels. I don't think people have that. No, I think they're all outlawed and shit now. Yeah. <clears throat> so, 
you know, that's a that's a good little takeaway from uh, that musical. Yeah. Um. All right. So I guess it would be my turn then. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um. Probably the next one would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I would have to say probably the one lesson that I have taken away from that whole series is Leo and Raph's fighting each other all the time, mm-hmm. but always at the end coming together because they're family. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no matter how mad or how disgruntled you might get with your siblings or whatever, even if it comes down to like blows or something, mm-hmm. it's that whole, you know, your family and, you know, it's that thing that kind of like, there can be some real hostility in that regard. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess it kind of differs with, uh, you know, when you have um, the Foot Clan or, you know, any ninja clan trying to kill you and your family. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, your dad or sensei can be quite the badass <laughs> and everything. But, eh, you know, it's one of those cases of even if you have differing of opinions yeah. in the family, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, uh, you should really... you. Know, just give each other some time to cool off and then come to talk to each other kind of thing. No matter how heated things got or how what, what was said kind of thing. It's like, come back to it later. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty short and sweet one. But mm-hmm. That was uh, kind of the big life lesson takeaway that I got. Yeah, that's good. So, anything you can kind of think of? Okay, so I'm obviously... I think we both know this. I'm a pretty big true crime nerd. It's been mentioned once or twice in <laughs> passing. And stuff. And I would say... I do have a couple that I could probably like pinpoint specific like advice, quote-unquote, that they've given. Okay. But I would say overall, in like... Maybe just the totality of listening to um, just true crime in general. Yeah. I've learned to be aware of your surroundings. That's a good one. Um, You know, whether you're hitchhiking or you're just going to your car or you're going, like, about to get into your car or you're sitting in your car in a parking lot, be aware of your surroundings and what's going on around you. Because more often than not, a criminal will use, like, they'll look for someone who's distracted. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they look for moments of opportunity type thing. What they consider, quote-unquote, easy targets, right? So if you're not paying attention, (coughs) then they're going to... They can get the jump on you. Yeah, and stuff, right? So, like, for example, when I leave for work, and it's quite early in the mornings I leave for work. Yeah. I absolutely am 100% aware of what's going on around me. Yeah. I actually walk out and do a complete circle. <laughs> and then I start heading to my car. And I always check my back seat before I get in the car. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So those are just some of the things I've learned just from like true crime in general, I yeah. guess. Is yeah, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, no, fair enough. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, hmm. I think I'm not really quite sure how nerdy this counts. I mean, I know some people would consider it, but um, throughout all the martial arts, like metaphors and disciplines that I've ever appreciated or studied kind Mm -hmm. of thing, is the whole realizing that you can't overthink life. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you, You know, there's practice, there's discipline, there's honor, you know, but... When it comes down to it, the more you try to make yourself like solid, rigid, uh, you know, set in a certain way, Mm -hmm. uh, then life's going to have a moment where things aren't going to go according to your plans. Yeah. Things aren't going to go the way you intended. Not because you didn't plan enough or whatever. It's just because sometimes there's just variables that just throw you for a loop and like the saying goes uh the branch that doesn't bend will snap yeah so in a lot of ways it was the whole um 
not being able to adapt or change to situations going one way or another. Mm-hmm. If you constantly make it to yourself that I'm only going to ever make a right-hand turn in my car, well, then what happens when the situation arises and you absolutely can't kind of thing? Or that's just a very vague kind of thing. It's like, you know, it's well, just don't limit yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bruce Lee says, it, um, was the whole, you know, become like water. Mm-hmm. When you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. When you pour it into a kettle, it takes the form of the kettle. You have to be adaptive and go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's that whole point there. Uh, so that's one thing where it's always been like, it's good to have a plan. It's good to have a way you're going to do things. But just because something doesn't go perfectly doesn't mean that you are defeated or you've lost it just means that you have to change and adapt in order to arise to a situation mm-hmm. and i definitely know that's something i need to work on and stuff yeah i mean just because i know like i'm this move has kind of shown that in a little way uh my entire life has kind of shown that in a little way <laughs> i'm what they call a perfectionist <laughs> yeah and, and... Uh, so I struggle a lot with not necessarily being, like, adaptable, but I like to have a plan. Yeah. Right. Which isn't a bad thing. And stuff. Or, like, like the perfect example is from Superstore to our house. Yeah. I always take a certain way there and a certain way home. Yes. And the other day I was leaving Superstore and I went to take my certain way home. Ah, yes. You told me about this. This is a good one. Yeah, and the road was closed. Right. The road that I always take is closed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know the road was closed because you you didn't know it was closed until you turned on it. And then it's like, road closed up ahead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And I mean, I'm not I'm maybe as bad as like it could have been because I am slightly adaptable. So I was just like, oh, like my brain's like recalculate route. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Rerouting. Rerouting. Yeah. And stuff. So I just like pulled into this weird parking lot and then I'm like, I don't even understand how this parking lot works. I guess I'm just going to head towards the back of the building and hope it like loops around, which it did. <clears throat> and stuff. And then I just, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go back the way I came and see what ventures lead me. And it ended up leading me pretty close to the same route and stuff. And why not? And I was like, oh, sweet. I did it. You know? Yeah. I adapted and I made it home, you know, and I didn't have a freak out or a meltdown or an anxiety attack, you know? <clears throat> yeah, you weren't so rigid that you were just like, well, the road's closed. I'm just going to sit here until the road opens. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it, road construction, as some people, you know, might say that it can go pretty quick and some people say it takes a long time. Well, I know, especially here where we live, there's usually two seasons. Winter and road construction? Yep. And amazingly, they've somehow managed to merge them because it is still winter, and yet they are also doing road road work. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of those cases of... uh, It's been a pretty mild winter here. Yeah. So they were kind of like, well, you know, even though we had just had a cold snap and everything, we're uh, now that things are warming up, let's get back to work. Yeah. So... Mm. that's a good one and i like i said definitely something i know i need to work on mm-hmm. and stuff um yeah definitely yeah so um do you want me to give another one or sure okay so i would probably have to say now this is getting into the anime genre mm-hmm <clears throat> but uh, that uh, series Gundam Seed yeah. that I've mentioned before. Yeah. Now, some people like it. Some people hate it. It's like with anything. But I definitely took away a pretty important life lesson from <clears throat> the uh, Kira and every, everybody that was kind of telling him, well, you're a coordinator. You know, you should be fighting on the side of the coordinators. Like, even his best friend was like, why are you helping the naturals, the people who are constantly attacking us and stuff? Mm. And to him, he was like, I don't care about the whole natural court or naturals or coordinators type thing. Mm. 
-hmm. My friends are being attacked on this ship that you and your military buddies are trying to destroy. Mm -hmm. And so if it means hopping in the mobile suit and firing a gun or swinging a beam saber around to fight you guys to keep them alive, I don't want to kill you, but I don't want my friends to die. So it's one of those situations of it was a very hard thing because you don't want to kill, but you don't want to let people get killed. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like when they kind of asked the question is the whole, uh, you know, what, uh, who is your enemy kind of thing. And when you think about it, it's kind of, some cases, I mean, in some people's situations, it's very black and white in re- most regards to that. Kind of like black, white, check, you know, good music. So it's pretty, you know, spot on. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, sometimes th- things get pretty blurred into gray. Yeah. And when you kind of take a moment to stop and think, it's like, do I need to fight this person? Sh- uh, you know, am I going to fight this person for or whatever? Like, what's what's the whole point and argument? Like... There's many been many times where I've just thought to myself, was like, you know, I'd just love to confront a Karen just once. But then I thought, they're not my enemy. Life is their enemy because it's going to, you know, constantly smack them in the face with yeah. a lot of things. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to interject myself into that whole toxicity and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just that whole one less fight that I just don't need to wear myself out with. Yeah. Like, there will be plenty of things that will come along that will try to, quote-unquote, oppose me or <clears throat> be confrontational to me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, what is it worth it? You know, do I give, uh, get, put my energy into something that's worthwhile or something that's just petty? Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, evaluating stuff like that in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's been a big lesson for me for many years. Nice. How about yourself? Anything um, you come to mind? I feel like this one is going to be a broad, another broad generalization. Okay. Of just a bunch of my fandoms. Yeah. But one is kind of close to yours, I guess, maybe. But it's to stand... And you've mentioned it maybe in a couple things, but, like, stand up for what's right. Ah, yes, like I was just saying with Star Wars. Yeah, and stuff, but, like... Even if it's something that you don't think affects you. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know how. I mean, if. I'm short. Okay. (laughs) Hence the name Little Nerdy. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just going to use this as an example because it's something that's like a super pet peeve of mine. Okay. That happens to me all the time. And I usually just like brush it off. Like it, it really bothers me, but I just like. I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, I could let it ruin my day or not. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter whether I'm working or whether I'm shopping. Okay. Somebody <clears throat> will, most likely, as I'm standing there looking, if I have to stand there for more than, like, 10 seconds to grab the item that I want. Okay. Someone reaches over my head to grab something. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly too difficult. No. But but it is demeaning. Yes. And I'm not the only person. I know other people who are short and we've had the same conversation and like pretty much we all feel the same way. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not part of like a short person group or anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you were, you'd probably be the chairman. Yeah, well Or huh. you would need the chair. Yeah, I'm I'm not I mean, I'm I'm shorter than, I guess, the average person, but yeah, anyway, um, but it is. It's really frustrating to have someone do that. It makes you feel like a child. It, they get into your, like, personal bubble mm. to do it a lot of times. Yeah. And then, like, you turn around and look at them. Like, they don't <clears> even <throat> say anything to you either, or as they're already reaching above you, they're like, excuse me. <laughs> And it's like, you could have said excuse me before you decided to reach, like, through my personal bubble, stand so close to me that when I turn around, I'm literally smelling your armpit. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. (laughs) And just been like, oh, excuse me, can I just get in there? And I will more than gladly move. I'm, that's what excuse me means. So like, excuse me, can I please get in there? 
and stuff. Um, and I'm just like, I'm using this as an example because I don't know. I don't want to, like, it's, it's a weird one because I don't really expect people to, like, stand up for me. I can kind of do it myself. I always make the joke when it happens. And I know I've made it to you before. Yes. Where I wait till they're out of your shop because, I don't know, I'm not a confrontational person. But then I'll turn to you and be like, geez, we should, next time we're down the same aisle as them, remind me to just crawl through their legs and grab something. Because that's how <laughs> evasive it feels. Yeah. Right. And stuff. And I don't want to say that it's like a discrimination against me because I don't think it is like at all. But I think it's something that people overlook in their day to day life that like, hey, this is an actual person that I am reaching over to grab something. Because my life is so busy. Right. Yeah. You're just like, can I get a little uh, common decency? Yeah, please? right. And stuff. So I feel like, maybe not in that situation. Like, I don't ever expect you to be like, whoa, dude. Or, whoa, lady, what are you doing? You know, like, don't reach over her. Jeez. And stuff because that involves confrontation, right? <clears throat> Which I don't like. <clears throat> but there are times where I will absolutely 100% be confrontational. And I have no qualms about it. <laughs> Someone is being discriminatory, right? Someone is being racist, anything like that. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You could be the scariest mofo in the world. And I'm going to be like, whoa. Six foot four, 300 pounds of pure muscle. Looks like the kind of guy that uh, you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. And you're just like, don't care. I'm just, I am yeah. bringing this to your attention. Yes, and stuff. I think that there's a certain time when you need to stand up for what's right and you need to stand up for people. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I've seen it throughout many of the fandoms that I've watched where there are times where, you know, sometimes it's a perfect stranger, sometimes it's their friends, you know. <clears throat> oh, for sure. And stuff. So I definitely, definitely think that's a good life lesson I've learned. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So next one. Um. I would have to say, uh, my next one is has to do with the Warhammer Forty K fandom. Mm-hmm. Now. Mostly to do with, like, a lot of the novels, but even with the lore in the core rule books and stuff, is that it just goes to show how, um, I want to say, I mean this in just, like, broad strokes and everything, is that, um, how corruptible somebody is. Like, mm. as much as you can trust someone, now I don't mean, like, suspect everyone of betrayal or whatever but it's mm -hmm. kind of that whole um not everyone's your friend well yeah because like the biggest thing that happened with like the horse heresy was that horus was the most trusted son of mm -hmm. the emperor and because the gods of chaos whispered into his ear and sowed seeds of doubt and betrayal into him and that didn't happen overnight it took like decades of crusading across the galaxy and them constantly whispering into his ears showing him futures that could be or may not be and him thinking oh well dad all all the kids you and all the other kids here are getting your statues and are being worshipped as gods but where's me and the rest of the siblings like mm -hmm. you've got because there was 20 of them and like only two of them disappeared no one would happen to them but he see he the, he saw nine statues and the tenth one being the emperor yep. and thought, what about the other eleven of us? Mm -hmm. Kind of thing, and so that led him to kind of feel like he wasn't as valued. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that whole, uh, you know, you got to make sure that like it's that whole make sure family members and friends know that you trust and respect them. And you got to know that they trust and respect you. And I mean, obviously, nobody's perfect, even genetically altered and, you know, 
trained and conditioned people can still have like seeds of doubt mm-hmm. or, you know, there can be something that causes like a little bit of mistrust or something that doesn't make anybody evil or anything by any means, not on the level of 40 K anyways. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't, uh, you know, as much as like, uh, I'm not going to get too much in this, but anti-vaxxers, I'm convinced they are Nurgle worshipers. Hmm. I don't go around with a bolt, uh, a bolt gun and, you know, go, you know, purge the heretic. Right. And start, you know, blasting. Cause apparently that's illegal, even though I'm exercising my religious freedoms for the emperor. But no, no I guess <laughs> not. So anywho, um, just a little joke there. I don't actually plan yes. on murdering anyone. It's just more of, you know, the whole nerd fandom and everything. 40k fans will find that probably absolutely hilarious. Yes. Other people, just so you know, that was 100% a joke. Yes, we don't, con- we are not okay with murder in this household. I think we've said that before. <laughs> I hope so. And if we haven't, we are not okay with murder. No, murder, bad. Yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, so that was quite the little spiel I had there about uh, my fandom on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you? Anything kind of popping into that n- noggin of yours? Okay, so... We got a doozy here. Going back to Morbid. Well, going back to True Crime, I should say. Okay. So Morbid, a true true crime podcast that I listen to. The hosts are amazingly funny, and they're super respectful to the victims. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the hosts are Ashley and... Elena. Elena, thank you. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things... Well, actually, there's a few things. I'm going to kind of... Roll them all into one. Or into my little spiel here. Um, There's a couple life lessons that can be learned. Such as... Fresh air is for the dead. And what they mean when they say that is... Close your windows. Lock (laughs) your windows. Because... and Oh, and don't go hiking. Because a lot of people have been murdered when they've gone hiking. Right. So... And, like, even groups of people. Oh. Yeah. So, they say it slightly jokingly, and I'm also kind of, like, jokingly. But also, it is important to make sure that, you know, you do, if you're in a place where somebody can get into your windows or whatever, just lock your windows at night. Make sure everything's closed up and secure, right? Oh, for sure. And stuff. So, I guess that's... One of the only ones I can think of, but yeah. Yeah, honestly, before uh, you had told me about that Fresh Airs for the Dead, mm-hmm. <clears throat> especially in the summertime, I was like, baby, it, it's, you know, stuffy in here. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like some fresh air to, you know, I don't need the window wide open. I just want to crack open so, you know, it's uh, hospitable, I guess you could say. Yeah, but the nice thing is where we move. Yes, we are. Um, quite Our a windows distance are not accessible. Yeah, quite, unless someone brought like an extension ladder and was willing to make a whole lot of racket. Yeah, and stuff. In which case, I'm sure as they put it up against the building, we will hear them. Mm-hmm. Or I will hear them at least, and then I'll be like, "Oh, and someone is breaking in." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call the police. Right. So. It's kind of a joke, but it's also, it, it's mainly like they say it kind of like in a fun way. And I th- I like that they do that because I don't think they're trying to minimize it, but I think they're trying to like not fear monger. Like they're not just like, lock your windows all the time. Like, bah, you know. And, fear the boogeyman. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> but it is a nice way to spread like the awareness of like, just make sure that when you go to bed, you're secure. Right. Yeah. And stuff. So Especially for deep sleepers. Like me. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point there. Um, okay. Let's so. See. What you thinking? So. Okay. That was a pretty good one. Okay. You got another one? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. So, I feel like I kind of learned this lesson from Kevin Smith. Okay. And it's. It's actually, like, one that I think is super important and I think a lot of people forget. Yeah. And that's that grief. Yeah. It's okay to grieve. And it's okay to grieve, like, the way that you 
need to grieve or like as long as it takes to grieve. Right. Of course. And stuff. I know. Well, I lost my mom almost five years ago now. Yeah. And that was super hard. <clears throat> yeah. You were a wreck for a while. Mm-hmm. And even now, I still have my moments. Yeah. Right. Almost five years later. And I don't really like to talk about it too much anymore. And it's because I worry that, like, and not so much with, like, you or my close friends, right? Yeah. Like, my super close friends. Like, my... Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. And stuff. Like, um... You guys have always been, like, super supportive and stuff about it. But I have been told in the past, and it was as soon as two weeks after she had passed away, to get over it. Oh. Yeah. And whatnot. Um, So I don't really talk about it too much. Because I don't want people to be like, like, your mom passed away five years ago. Get over it or whatever. So I pretty much... Or really asshole-ish and going, oh, here she goes again. Yeah, right, and stuff. But, like, the one thing I know is I can talk to you and I can talk to yeah, your my bestie. close circle <laughs> friends, yeah. And stuff, and never once have you guys ever been anything but supportive, right? Well, of course. I think uh, I'd be quite the jerk if I wasn't supportive in those times. Exactly, and you don't have a jerky bone in your body. I know this. <laughs> so... Um, but I did learn just from reading, like, he accounted in Tough Shit, <laughs> his book Tough Shit, um, yeah. the passing of his father. And he didn't really touch, I guess, too much on the grief, but just in that chapter, I kind of just, like, felt this own, like, this understanding of, like, it's okay to grieve the way you're going to grieve, Right. And stuff, so I definitely, like, appreciate that because I felt like, for a while, I felt like I was almost, like, broken, right? Like, I was like, oh, I shouldn't shouldn't be, like, still crying about this. Like, it's been, you know, this many years or whatever and stuff. Like, people are going to expect me to, like, move on and not, things to not bother me, right? Like, I literally do not work when she, like on the an- anniversary of her passing. Yeah. I don't work because <sighs> it's hard to explain, but I listened to this podcast once and it was uh done by uh Kim Goldman and stuff um confronting OJ it was called. And she actually did an episode where she was talking to a therapist. Mm. And they were talking about grief. And she actually explained it really well. Which is like, it's almost like when that time, when you get to the time where that person passed away. It's almost like your body just naturally starts to like, know. Mm. And you start to feel tired and drained and you get like short-tempered and you know and it is it's exactly like that you don't even realize it until it maybe it gets pointed out like maybe you know um you say something and I don't laugh at it the way I normally would or something and then you're like are you okay and it's like oh you know what no I'm starting to not get okay you know and that kind of thing so yeah I definitely Grieving is a process and it's different yes, for everyone. Exactly. And I don't think there's a wrong way to, as long as you're not harming yourself or others, I should say, I don't think there's like a wrong way to grieve. Right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And stuff. And I really appreciate, like, that's one of my, I guess, like my most thankful, <laughs> like, life lessons. Yeah. For sure. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, just to kind of touch on that whole uh you know let's uh end this off on kind of a happier kind of note oh sorry i didn't mean to like bring it down <laughs> oh no no no, no. it's just the whole like that was a really good life lesson and everything it's just yeah okay well uh you know let's 
make this a bit of a roller coaster and not just uh, a mount or like a hill kind of thing or something. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to say that now I know you have watched the series, mm -hmm. but there's a series called One Piece. Oh, I want to see it though, really bad. We used to sell One Piece. Uh... Merchandise at uh... at uh, yeah, this uh, locally owned. Unfortunately, you know they had to pull out of our market, but they they still have some stores. But Black Sheep Gift, yeah, best place to work for. Such amazing people. Yeah, and I remember you had so much fun working there. Uh, yeah, you loved your shifts. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. So, in that series, there, the main character, I feel like uh, if there was any character on there. I would have to, I would say I relate to was either be Luffy mm -hmm. or um, Sanji. Okay. Now, okay, so Luffy's the straw hat captain. He's like you know the iconic. He wears a straw hat. You know the skull on the ship has a straw hat. They're called the straw hat pirates. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess they're kind of like they're not really pirates in like the traditional sense that everyone thinks of. They just come across everywhere and pillage everywhere. They're just kind of going and having adventures wherever they want. And, you know, mm -hmm. they just want to be free and have adventures, you know, get treasure whenever they come across it, dig it up or something. Mm -hmm. Not really so much in like the harming, you know, innocent people or anything like that. But they fight the Navy and they fight other pirates. Yeah. So, you know, there's still action in the show. Um, but the other character I relate to is uh, Sanji. And he's the ship's cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> he's a pretty interesting character in a lot of ways. But I kind of like uh, the voice actor that plays him. He's the guy that does Trunks from the Dragon Ball Z series. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, he also did Leo from Fairy Tail. Mm hmm So, you know, it's like I really like that voice actor. And it's just they did make the Sanji a little bit of like a flirtatious kind of guy. But, I mean, hey, you know. Uh, you're single, you see a bunch of lovely ladies, you know, you wear a nice suit and everything, pour them a glass of wine, whisper sweet nothings <laughs> in their ears. You know, it's like the whole bachelor life. Right. But uh, anyways, just the kind of things that go on with those characters is that um, whenever their friends' dreams or goals are ever mocked or anything, mm. yeah, it's just like there's... I just love it when somebody one of the main villains uh kind of mocks what their friends hopes or goals or dreams are mm -hmm. and even like Usopp or you know Zoro uh have like and even Nami uh, at times they've had times where it's like somebody mocks one of their you know fellow crewmates or friends um dreams and everything yeah. or um they've had uh one of their friends that they're traveling with the whole things that they're doing Mm -hmm. Oh, and I can't forget Chopper, but <laughs> that cute little guy. But anyways, um, the point is, is that no matter, like, somebody makes fun of them and Luffy's right there and looks them right in the eyes. And you can just tell that deep down inside there's something in Luffy that just, like, switches, like a snap or something. Mm -hmm. And he just has, like, a stern look on his face and then just a massive, like, punch right at the person, even if they're 100 feet away because he's, you know, if you watch mm -hmm. the show... He's got the devil gum-gum uh, fruit in him, so he can, like, he's a rubber man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's the whole, he just goes completely berserk mm -hmm. because all their friends have good intentions, and they're good people. And so whenever somebody makes fun of your friend's good hopes or good plans or, you know, stuff that no matter how hard they are and how much they're struggling, they, you know, it's just that whole, when somebody mocks it, it's like, you don't, let that person, you know, just stand there and get away with it kind of thing. You know, yeah. you stand up for your friend and you let them know that it's like just because they don't think that it's a worthwhile cause or because they're idealistic or something. Mm -hmm. You don't uh, you don't let that slide because with uh, when it comes to having hopes and dreams, that kind of gives life a lot of meaning or, you know, flavor or reason. Mm hmm. So, yeah, that was one of the things that I just love about that series is that even though it's a very, 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 very long series. <laughs> yeah. Like, you think Dragon Ball is long or, you know, some of those other ones. It's like, One Piece, I think, is up there with, like, Naruto or Bleach with how long it's running. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I just love that kind of stuff where it's you. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm kind of losing my words here, but yeah, that whole just standing up for your friends and having their back. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of add to that, I guess. Yeah. Would be also like I know one of my favorite things in the world is yeah. to watch any of my friends quote unquote nerd out. Oh, of course. Right. And of course, when I use the term nerd out, I mean being passionate about something. Yeah, like we do, and you know, love it when our fans ever sh- uh, they share with us about their stuff. Yeah, right. Or even just like our other friends, right? And some people it's music, some people it's you know whatever, right? True crime. Some of them it's movies, history, books, like you know, video games. Yeah, and stuff. So it really, really, I love seeing people just light up when they're talking about things. Yep, it's like my favorite thing in the world. I've seen you light up on multiple occasions when you talk about things. And I could literally just sit there and watch you talk about this for hours. Like, because you're so passionate and excited and, you know. Yeah. And it really, really, really bothers me when somebody's talking about something. And it's like somebody doesn't care what they're saying. Or they're like, you know, they kind of just like, yeah, okay, whatever, and walk away or whatever. It kind of makes me sad. Because then that person's like, oh. Or they're like, you know, oh, like, if the person's like, oh, I don't care about that. And then they're like, oh, sorry. Right. And it makes me so sad because I feel like that's, like, shuddering the, like, nerd <laughs> and the passion and the the pleasure that someone's having about talking about that. And it makes me really sad and stuff. I think that if, I think you should always. Let uh, your nerd flag fly. Absolutely. Let your nerd flag fly, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I, I Absolutely. I. <laughs> complimented a lady on her sweater the other day at work. Yeah. It was like this really cool Chucky sweater. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And I'm like, oh, man, I love your sweater, right? And then we proceeded to have like a, you know, probably, f- I mean, five minutes, which it in retail is like a while, right? <laughs> and stuff because you don't always have time to stop and talk to people. But I was like, oh, no. And stuff. And she was telling me how she's like a super fan and like all this. And I was just like, Man, like, she's totally lighting up talking about this. I could keep talking. And then, you know, she's like, well, thanks again for the compliment. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, she had finished what she wanted to say and stuff. And I I would have stood there, though, for, like, however long it took for her to completely nerd out about Chucky. Yeah, just having a good time. Absolutely. (laughs) So I just kind of piggyback on that, I guess. or No, no, it's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, mm-hmm. but, you know, just trying the waters out on this uh, new idea for more episodes. Absolutely. And, yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed this. And, uh, yeah, we know we'd like to hear uh, from people about what some of the life lessons that they've had. Uh, you know, you can find us on Facebook and share comments. Um, yeah, at Little Nerdy. And, or if you just want to send an email so nobody else can read what you said. You can send us at littlenerdypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps it. Oh. Sorry. Go ahead. Just to give our shout out. Oh, yeah. And stuff. I wanted to shout out a podcast that I've been listening to pretty much since it started. <laughs> okay. And it's one called Crime Beat. Oh. Yeah. Um. So it's hosted, at least the podcast is hosted by Nancy Hickst. Um, who is a Calgary. Oh yeah. The Calgary journalist. Yes. Yes. She's, um, global. Yes. She's part of global news. Yes. And she's the crime reporter for global news. Cool. And she interviews the family members of victims in her podcast, the police, you know, about the investigation, um, She'll play clips from when she was reporting on it, when it was happening. And she is so respectful of the victims. I mean, I tend to only listen to podcasts that are respectful of the victims because, I mean, everybody, every victim, somebody loved every victim. And so I think that the victims should be honored. And that's a lot of the reason why I listen to podcasts about true crime is, yes, killers and serial killers and whatnot, their psychology might be interesting, but the victims are who matter in the story and stuff and she absolutely does an amazing job and i know that now they have actually a crime beat tv show 
and it doesn't just include Nancy Hicks. It includes other global crime reporters from like across Canada. Nice. And stuff. So I highly recommend checking out the podcast and I highly recommend checking out the show. Um, they're definitely worth listening to for sure. Nice. I think that's probably one of the reasons why I have a hard time getting into true crime, not because of the serial killers, but because it's like the victims mm-hmm. and it's like, it's all right to listen to what has happened to them. Yeah. It's like, all right. So this guy murdered like the, the, this person or these people. Well, I'm going to go find him and kick his ass. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh baby, you can't, they're already dead or they're already in jail. And I was like, well, fine. Throw me into the prison cell with them and I'll kick their ass mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like, you know, it's just that it's, I think that's the reason why it's kind of the whole, I think I just have a hard time swallowing a lot of those like true crime podcasts is because it's like somebody's loved one died. Yeah. And this person needs an ass whooping. Yeah. And, and I can understand that for sure. And, and my thinking is somebody's loved one died and their story deserves to be told. Oh, of course. Right. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that wraps it up. Um, yeah, uh, we already uh, told you guys uh, to share with us if uh, you feel that there's something you'd like to let us know about. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us. And like I said, we'll be doing our regular episodes in the living room soon. Yes. So tune in Tuesday and hopefully that one will be in a living room. (laughs) Oh, I guarantee it'll be in a living room. Uh, right. So just remember, guys, no matter what your thing is or what you're into. At the end of the day, we're all just a little nerdy.